0: How are we church? Good morning. Good morning. Welcome Good morning. to Hillside. Might be a few visitors. Hello Laurie up the back. Are you praising me or just stretching? No, just stretching. <laughs> okay, it's enough, Laurie said. So welcome if you are visiting. I know there's a few visitors here. Normally I'd embarrass you and get you to put your hand up but I won't be doing that this morning. So welcome. Church, if you see a face you don't know, please, as uh, we've just read, uh, make people feel welcome um, and let's get unified. It's a great scripture, isn't it, that Jesus prayed for us, Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, you did. Good. All right. Just making sure you're awake. Okay, I'm just going to hop straight into this morning. Living Stones. I'm not going to talk about the week I've had or anything like that to say that man flu is a very real thing. That's all I'm going to say. Amen. Can I get an amen from the men? I certainly would from the ladies, wouldn't I? Man flu is a real thing, isn't it? I thought I might have got a bit bigger one from them. They're just a bit shy. So again, welcome. Uh, The message this morning morning is simply called Living Stones. Uh, You'll be familiar with that scripture. Uh, You can go to the next one. Thank you, Axel. It's out of 1 Peter 2, 4 to 5. And it's a bit of a theme and it's been recurring, certainly for a while and certainly since I've um, been part of the leadership here. Um, And as we come into camp and as we come into a different service here next week, uh, I know this time next week, there's going to be a lot more unity in the house, just um, going away on camp. There'll be a few stories to tell, I'm sure, but there's the whole idea, the crux of it all is to be, become unified, become a family, build community, common unity. Amen? So 1 Peter two four five 5 says, coming to him as a living, as to a living stone this talking of Jesus, rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious, you also are living stones. We are living stones. Look to the person next to say, you're a living stone. I don't think it was that funny but, and you're being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You're in the priesthood. We're going to get some collars for everyone. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus, through Jesus Christ. Quickly, just want to talk about stones in the Old Testament, or it's interchangeable with rocks, obviously. Uh, Quite often, well, always, there were boundary stones were set up on people's boundaries. There was warnings against shifting those boundary stones. And it's still today, those pegs that are put in on boundaries, they're very, very severe fines and infringements for, for moving those. Uh, As a water source, Moses, um, when we know in the desert, uh, and that represented a type of Jesus, the rock where he struck the rock and the water came out of the rock. Um, I won't go into that. There's a whole sermon in there. Uh, Altars, um, Saul placed a large stone, uh, the Ark of the Covenant come down um, when it was returned, rather. uh, And that was at um, Beth Shemesh in 1 Samuel uh israelite the israelites knew god as their rock from scripture in psalm 180 uh, sorry eighteen two, that god is their rock and also in genesis that um yahweh the rock of israel and quite often like here this picture denotes that generally they were memorials or markers uh, something to commemorate or, or remembrance uh jacob's ladder he had a sleep on a pillow which was a stone which seems a bit odd but um God visited him there, called the place Bethel, the house of God. So he took the pillow or the rock, if you want to try that, uh, good luck with that, and uh, upended it and basically set up a memorial there. The base of Mount Sinai, after Moses been through the Red Sea, That the 12 stones, as remembrance, Joshua's crossing of the Jordan, the 12 tribes, They were, each of the leaders got a stone and it was a memorial. And they said, and this is an interesting point, but they said, Uh, when your children ask. So they were markers. We've got different markers these days, but they were markers geographically that as you were walking, you could tell your children the story and a lot of this oral tradition was how scripture and how the ways and the law was was passed down. Ten Commandments obviously were written in stone. It was also, they were instruments of death and judgment uh, where legally you could stone someone if there were certain things that happened. So the idea of Jesus as a stone albeit a living stone, not David Livingstone, but as a living stone. I'm not sure if that's where that surname came from. So this description of a saviour, of a messiah, of a king, if you like, may seem a little odd to, to the outside world, a bit rough or a bit harsh to outsiders, um, but to the Jewish people, they knew exactly what it meant. Um, Their their ideas of stones their religion their magnificent temple there's a lot about the stones in the temple that they fully understood again there's a whole sermon about the temple it was magnificent stones they understood the prophetic style and what it was which calls the messiah a stone so in that in that sense it, it appears very elegant very proper very fitting we just return to the scripture, re- rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. <clears throat> Stacy went through these back in July. I'll just quickly read those to, to finish out this scripture. See, i a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. We know who that is. Never be put to shame. That's from Isaiah, 600 odd years earlier. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Again, out of Psalm 118, very old. And finally, in the next um, slide, slide number five, and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall, Isaiah 8. Pharisees, the non-believers, they fell over this stone. How could the Messiah be this rock, be this stone? There's another scripture, and I think it's in, in, in Paul, wrote, I think in Thessalonians, where it said that this rock pounds them to powder or words to that effect. That's how severe that was. So Jesus, as, as a stone, is a given, and as I said, Stacy did a wonderful message about him as the cornerstone back in July, which is now up on um, Spotify. Thanks to Devon, who's got us on Spotify, so you can follow messages on Spotify. So then, there's an invitation given in this scripture. If we go to the next slide, coming to him as a living stone, what does that mean? What does it denote? And what did it mean to them and what does it mean for us? And this is entwined. Spoke of his invincible strength and everlasting duration, his immovability. Solid, firm, and as their and our foundation. Uh, Jesus spoke about the scripture of the wise builder firm foundation, solid on the rock. Faithful and loving. And there's this depth of authority. He has all authority and and and, an immovable truth. It cannot be moved. He's the plumb line, as we've said, for the the cornerstone. The base of all godly building and strengthening in, in our lives is of him. Amen? And unless he builds a house, what are we doing? Laboring in vain, the word says there's provision, there's healing. As Lance spoke about a minute ago, he's a saviour, he's a comforter. Relatable. And I say relatable because scripture says that Jesus, I love this scripture, it brings me a lot of um, comfort. He was tempted in every way, scripture says. Jesus was tempted in every way. Now we're, we've got a hundred odd people here, Every temptation known to man has been or is in this room. Everything, the worst you can think of. Jesus was tempted in every way. And we don't read a lot about that in scripture, but Satan would have tried every trick in the book, and did try every trick in the book to get him off guard, yeah? There's now no veil, the holy of holies. We we can boldly come before the throne of grace, this living stone. And what this means is a living, interactive, loving relationship is available. I spoke to a lady this morning and we're talking about more traditional churches where it's religion, do this, do that, stand up, sit down, ring the bell. Whereas Jesus' pure religion is a relationship with the living God. And we don't have to do this, do that and do all the rest of it. He's already done that to earn our salvation. Do we have to walk in obedience? Yes. Are there things we shouldn't do? Yes. But it's out of a heart relationship. Amen? That's good news. What does the word gospel mean? Good news. That's the gospel in a nutshell. Next one, slide seven. You also, as living stones, this is about us, you. You are being built, are being built, up a spiritual house or interchangeably temple a holy priesthood okay you are you are being built up and there's a call today to come to him all who are weary come to him the living stone and keep coming it's not a one-off keep coming and that's not necessarily church on sunday although it is a very good protocol But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He's our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Anyone got any trouble in their life at the moment? I know some of you have. I won't ask you to put your hand up. Thank you, Natalie, you did. (laughs) It's okay. Some of you have a lot of trouble at the moment. Sometimes it's their own fault. Sometimes it's absolutely not. Or maybe a third part of that is maybe come back. Come back. You might have come to him as a living stone years ago. You might have wandered off. You might be even sitting here, but you're a long way off. Amen? You could be sitting in church and ticking the box, but your heart is a long way off. So I want to give a few hows today or keys to these, these ideas. <clears throat> so key number one simply is what I've just said is to, that we need to come into a relationship with Jesus, amen? We need to simply believe. That's what it means, believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whosoever should believe would have eternal life. That's the gospel, Simple. So coming to a relationship with Jesus and then by us coming together, he's present. It says in Scripture where two or more are gathered, he is with us. And, And as we come together, there's this word constitute. We constitute God's house, God's temple, as we've heard. And that means that we give it legal form. We form this temple legally. We give the house of God, the temple of God structure by coming together and being connected. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 17 says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? You yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in your midst. midst." He built Solomon's temple for for him to dwell, for the Ark of the Covenant, for for his presence, for for the commandments, all those things, for him to have a house to dwell on earth. That's gone. We are now that house. We are now that temple that houses the spirit of the living God, individually but also corporately. He dwells in our midst. Ephesians two nineteen to 22 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. As Linda taught me yesterday, citizens have rights. You're a citizen of Australia in another country, you can go to the embassy, you have full Australian rights. It's not always implemented of course and it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophet prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone in him the whole building you've got to get this picture in our minds in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling a temple in which God lives by his spirit it's why the devil hates the church it's why he hates us he hates church he hates congregations he hates people coming together He wants to bring disruption, division, doctrines of demons, disharmony, disjointness. It'd be nice if churches weren't, were immune to those things, but we're not, because we've got humans here. And what I think bothers the enemy the most is that this temple is movable. It's like a mobile field hospital or a mobile uh, war garrison, you know what I mean? It's hard to pin it down and yes he can pin down hillside church Sunday morning two hours but he can't home groups cell groups people out praying in the street people doing chaplaincy it's movable that's why God did it that way because the temples on earth can be destroyed and worse Solomon's temple magnificent destroyed second temple destroyed and not just destroyed but the in AD in 70 AD that was just plowed over became a Roman garrison of all things Earthly temples are made of dead stone, which can be destroyed. Again, a lot can be said of Solomon's temple. And those rocks were cut off-site to speck so that a hammer chisel was not heard when the temple was being built. I didn't know that, blows my mind. The precision of the master craftsman through his craftsmen on earth is phenomenal. There's another message in that for another day. But well, we're cut from that quarry, we're cut from the same quarry and he shaped us and made us right and put us here today. We've just got to come into line. And God's work in our lives and others is often an inner silent work like that temple as he's placing them together. It's often a silent work with things going on. Lance shared about someone's got something going on. There's other people. We've all got things going on that we don't hear unless we share it. We have the same DNA because we're cut from the same cloth, from the same place. Key number two living stones share the same DNA. 1 Peter 2 9 says, You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's why it says we're a family. We share spiritual DNA, amen? Does that make sense? Hebrews 12 talks about us coming to Mount Zion, the highest point, city on the hill of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. And we have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn. There's a scripture in Hebrews I think talks about a great cloud of witnesses. This is what's part of that, these angels. There's, there's another scripture that talks about myriads of myriads or a myriad of myriads, 10,000 by 10,000, 100 million and thousands upon thousands, millions. That's, that's the cloud of witnesses. That's what we join in. It's not just, it's bigger than Hillside Church. It's the body of Christ and not just today, but what's been before us. I just had a revelation of this through World Prayer Assembly and some of the people I met with, but we're, we're, we're just part of such a big body and not just today, but for centuries, amen? Plus the angels, plus the heavenlies. So as I've shared a lot, um, you can go to, to, to slide 10 if you can. So this is the encouragement, I guess, and this is what everyone wants a vision and wants a statement and wants to know where we're going be patient. If you can't get the gist of it already, it's about this community thing and it's about this unity thing, common unity. It'll keep getting talked about. But living stones, we need relationship with each other, amen? And one of the greatest things that's happened for me since I've started, it's only slow, but I'm slowly getting to know you. Now, I have the benefit of being in a position where I have a different level of relationship, And I can come to you and start talking to you and asking you things, but I just want to encourage that in the body because we need it. Living Stones, we need relationship with each other. People are hurting in this congregation. Relationships build community, amen? And coming from the country, and I look at my friends out the back there from Babican, they know all about this and many others do. You're probably brought up in country areas. Probably Forestfield was a country area 50 years ago relationships build community and my heart for this place for this temple is that we would be of one accord we would be like-minded like the apostles were and there's so much power in that and i believe that's god's heart for us so we read john 17 that's his desire very good evangelistic program we don't have to bash anyone over the head with a bible we just be People say, we talked in the prayer this morning, a city on the hill, we would just shine. And we don't need a vision for that first, trust me, because we don't go out to war without getting the ranks in line, amen? We get the ranks in line, we get trained, we get in our divisions, then we go to war, yeah? The vision will come more succinctly and maybe more clearly and we don't go to war unorganised. So we've got camp and we've got Home Guard Church next week. It's an opportunity to build community. So I just ask anyone who's going to be here, it's going to be, oh, I want to be here, I'm divided, I want to be omnipresent because there's going to be some wonderful testimonies. That's how we get to know people. That's why we want more testimonies in this place. Not to know people's business but so we can pray, we can love, we can come alongside them. Yeah. I just want to do this now and um, I've, I've spoken with the family here so I, I just want to go, if you just shut your eyes I just want to share with you something that's, that is going on in our congregation that's not good and Lance this may be well what you spoke about, talk about a thing with a heart but um, sometimes heartbreak comes in, well broken hearts come in many different ways but Um, our good servant, Simon, just keep your eyes closed, I don't embarrass anyone, our good um, servant, Simon Cosgrove, his father's very ill, terminal cancer, that's what the doctors are saying, his mum's Julie's come today and sitting down the front, Ian's his father's name. In a worldly sense, it's not looking good at all. As doctors are saying, as they do, matter of weeks. I'm not going to believe for that but I'm just telling you where they're at. That's the news you get. That's what you have to process. So the reason I do that is because most of you probably didn't know that. Now, if we're a healthy body, if we are a united temple, there's things like that I believe we need to know. Again, not to be nosy or poke our nose in or just to come alongside and to love and to support and to help and maybe make some meals and maybe just be there or maybe if I whatever it might be. These are the things we do need to know. Now, we can't know everything. There's things that are personal, but I've asked permission to pray for Ian during the service, and I didn't know Julie was coming. So, God is good, eh? And I know that their hearts are breaking. And I I just pray we can come alongside them and help them through this process, whatever that looks like. So, Lord, I give you Ian... Lord, your word says that you forgive all our sins and heal all our diseases. I don't know what to do with that, Lord, but i just stand on that again and I pray for healing in Jesus' name. I pray for healing and believe for healing by faith in Jesus' name. Period. And Lord, I pray for extension of life in Jesus' name. I proclaim extension of life in Jesus' name by your word by your word, by faith, by belief. And I pray over the family, Lord. As they feel like it's coming to pieces, Lord, as I said before, they will feel a level of peace that surpasses their understanding. That they can't even understand why are we peaceful at this time. Thank you, Dave. So, Lord, I thank you again. Pray for Ian, pray for Julie, pray for Simon and his brother a hedge of protection. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. And again, I don't embarrass people, but I just felt it was important to do that as an example of things we should know so that we can support and love. Watchman Nee said that God wants a corporate church, a spiritual house. He does not want isolated individual stones or bricks. He desires a body, not a member. He doesn't want an arm or a mouth, or an ear, or an eye, or a tongue. He wants a united body, yeah? Stones or bricks in the setting of a house, uh, they're useless on their own. We just trip over them. Every part is vital, as we've preached before from this pulpit. Every part is vital. You've all got a role to play. Now, you mightn't think you have. You might have tried, and you got knocked back. So whilst God's cut you out of this quarry and put you here as a perfect fit, he's done his bit in my opinion. I believe he's done the work for us to be here. We've got to co-labor with him to where we fit in and how we fit in and it might be different to what you think and it might be different to what you want. Not everyone can be a pillar, not everyone can be a fire brick near the hot fire, not everyone can be a patio brick or whatever. but there's this word about commitment to each other. And I thought of a good example of commitment and that's simply Jesus, what he's done for us. He was committed to this temple being built. He was committed to death. And not just death on a cross. A lot of people died on a cross. He took your sin while you were still in it. Hard to get a head around, but time's different for God. While you're in the deepest of your sin, he took it. And all you've got to do is believe that he took it Receive him as Lord and Saviour. You're, you're that's it. Just believe, yeah? The greatest commandment, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's the key, number one. And second, love your neighbour as yourself. And it says, I think, the whole law of the prophets and apostles, everyone tied up in that single two commandments. That's it. Love him, love each other. We've got the opportunity to, yeah? Winding up. And love towards God draws us together, draws us into relationship. We have to have some level of relationship by just being here. I want my heart, our heart, is for us to go deeper in that. Because it's that relationship is like the mortar that holds the bricks together. Yeah? Relationship. common unity, community. And here's a key for you, and this is not just... Actually, no, I'll leave that bit. Just to say that the New Testament spends probably 10 times more talking about relationship than it does anything else. I'm going to talk about that in a sec. Spiritual gifts, prosperity, healing, deliverance. 10 times more. So key number four is living stones understand that they've had a heart and spirit transplant. Sounds a bit odd. Ezekiel 36 26 7 says I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you that's what's happened to us as born again believers that's the new DNA I will remove remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh that's what's happened and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws we have had a if you are born again believer you've had a heart and a spirit transplant And that's the empowerment, to be capable of love and commitment to each other. That's what, he, It's only by his spirit, because some of us, we grate we each other. That's just how it is. Families, we grate each other. My wife and I don't, of course. <laughs> but we do. It's just how it is, because then we grow. We get the edges off. We iron sharpens iron. It's not a lovely shoot, shoot on the... It's bang. Yeah? And if someone's having a crack at you about something going off their head even, I always just say this to staff, grab 10% of that because it's probably pure truth. Discard the 90%, draft that off. Relationships are not always easy. There's differences, there's hurtful words, misunderstandings will arise. But in, in regard to stones, we can let those things either be stumbling blocks or stepping stones to the next level. And again, this point, the New Testament talks more about relationship than anything. All these conferences we have for all sorts of weird and wonderful things. God bless them all. They all have a value. When was the last time we had a conference about loving each other and coming together? Scriptures, love one another, care for one another, wait for one another, serve one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, be devoted to one another. These are all scriptures. There's heaps of them off to the sides. Consider Consider others more than yourself, etc, etc. A wise, worldly man once said that uh, where your focus goes, your en- energy will flow. The wisest man, the living stone, said that where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Where's your heart? God's aim is the church, with his son as the head purchased in his blood. It's bigger, than, as I said, it's bigger than you and me. It's bigger than Hillside, but this is where we are. So we just do what we can do here. We're, we've come to this church of the firstborn, as I said, thousands upon thousands, myriads upon myriads, a hundred million, which essentially means it's an infinite number. Revelation 5.11. So your how in a lot of this, your how, your key is the knowledge that you have a new heart, a new spirit. You're cut from the same DNA as Jesus. He's the first fruit, the firstborn. We're his brothers and sisters. And the last key there which folds into this is that um, living stones are a living sacrifice. Romans 12 we get urged, brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We want to worship. This is your true and proper worship. Obedience. Keeps coming up in everything I speak about is this word obedience. Abba, Father. Father, I will obey you, Father. The uh, rest, the uh, Jeremiah 6.16 thing. Obedience. Walk in obedience. There's blessings, spiritual Blessings. So the living stones, us, we have to die. It's contradictory, it's hard to get your head around, but we've got to die daily, take up our cross, as Paul said. Death to self. And the last of that scripture that we started with, uh, to um, sorry, let me just come back to that. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable for God through Jesus Christ. So as an invitation today as I land this, I hope there's an encouragement there again to bring in a different way that the Lord wants us unified, wants us as one body operating. I think I've said before it's like a three-legged race, you tie the two legs together, when you get in sync you can hoot along. He wants us to be bound together in love so that we can go forward at full tilt, yeah? So the invitation today is to um, come to come to to the living stone or come back to the living stone or to become one in the first place and allow God to shape, mould, refine you into his temple, not as a spectator... But as part of the structure, his body. And scripture's always a little bit back to front, but we're going to lose our life to save it, scripture says. We've got to lay it down so that we can pick it up again. No wonder they didn't get it until the Holy Spirit came and brought revelation. Luke nine twenty three says that we should deny ourselves and take up our cross. We don't like doing that in this culture, do we? Well, I don't. John three three says that unless we are born again we cannot see the kingdom of God. So I'll just get you to close your eyes again if we can just finish in prayer I do want to open the altar up this morning just ask the elders and prayers if they'd just be on standby there's a couple of things one is exactly that is you keep your eyes closed we've got a couple of minutes up our sleeve is today a day to come to the living stone for the first time? Is today a day to come back to the living stone? Is today the day to make a commitment just to set up, step up and say I want to make a commitment to build community in this place? It's also an invitation if uh, we've spoken about broken hearts and healing and things like that for that as well. I don't want big, long, lengthy, exponential prayers up the front, just short, sharp, rifle prayers to hit the mark. Psalm 15, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary, who may live on your holy hill? Those whose walk is blameless and who does what is righteous. It's not talking about us having a perfect walk because we can't but we walk in righteousness because we are in Christ. Thank you, Janice. I was going to ask that. That's going to be good. Who speak the truth from their heart and have no slander on their tongues. Let us start to speak the truth to each other and not have slander and gossip. Who does his neighbor no wrong and cast no slur on his fellow man. Who despises a vile man but honours those who fear the Lord, let us start to honour each other in this place, who keep their oath even when it hurts, Lord, that we would keep your precepts and laws even when it hurts, even when we have to lay it, die to self and lay our own cross our own self down. Who lends money without usury, which means extremely high interest, who lends people money without ridiculous interest or ridiculous conditions and who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. And he who does these things will never be shaken. So I just invite you this morning, if you want some prayer in any of those parts I've said, you want to come, you want to give your heart to Jesus, you believe, you want to just simply say, I just want to come back. It's just going to be a quick prayer for you. You want to commit to just being more active in this place or just a commitment to relationship in this place. Or you might want a physical healing in your body. Please don't be shy this morning. We'll just have those lights down a little bit, just as normal. As Janice just tinkles the ivories, or we'll just make that invitation to anyone and any of the prayers. Just be, um, just be on watch. We thank you, Lord. Let's pray for boldness in this house this morning. In Jesus' name. I pray for boldness. Thank you, Lord.